Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with Count Rausch, the director of the Kansas City Vine Street Rumble Orchestra. Kent is a retired teacher and formed this band in 2013 to honor the legacy of the golden era of Kansas City's world-renowned jazz history. The band exclusively performs the exciting music that made Kansas City the place to be in in the 30s and 40s, dedicated to taking the audience back to that wildly famous time of jam sessions and concert performances that literally changed the jazz world and influenced musicians from coast to coast and even beyond. He opens up about the history of this band and so much more, so please get to know him and the band and dig this interview. Cool. Hey, thanks for taking a minute out for Neon Jazz, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm glad to talk to you. Sounds fun. Right on. So let's start off here with what is the first thing that comes up on your website. It's something I've seen you all live perform, and you've talked about your live DVD. Talk to me about this product that you have that folks can hear and see you guys play. Well, ever since... Uh, I think the band, or we put the band together in uh, 2013 with our first gig, and ever since we've been playing, uh, people have wanted a recording. And so, you know, we're playing this uh, great music of early Count Basie, uh, Mary Lou Williams, Jamie Chan, all these people, and I'm thinking, well, I just put this band together, and the recordings that we took our arrangements off of, they already play them way better than we could play them. And so I didn't really want to put it out a CD, at least not yet. And so we put, uh, so we, we had a concert and uh, I hired a film crew to come out and uh, document that. And so, and that gives us the dual purpose of not only giving a product for the people to take home with them, but also for potential uh, clients in the future, they can see what Vine Street Rumble is and what our mission is. So what about a CD? You mentioned there might be a possibility of that coming out. Yeah, I think there probably will do that in the future. Uh, I just don't have any plans uh, right at the moment. But I wanted the band really to be a little bit more seasoned before I tried to, before I tried to put out uh, an audio recording. Because, uh, let's face it, I mean... Uh, Basie and all these guys that made Kansas City Jazz famous, they're playing all night, every night, somewhere. And they were so incredibly tight that to try to reproduce it, I wanted to make sure that we were a little bit closer to that uh, before I threw a CD out there. So let's before we get into the Vine Street Rumble, let's get into you and how you where you grew up and how you got involved with music. Oh, it's pretty easy, really. I grew up in the... I was born in 57, so when I was just a little kid, folk music was uh, becoming really popular, and I got a ukulele when I was uh, five, and my dad went to Mexico and brought back a, a $15 guitar when I was six, and so I just kind of played guitar, learning folk music of the day, Peter, Paul, and Mary, and I, that sort of thing, and uh, so I got, uh, at that point, I had chord changes in my head, I mean, I was learning to sing and you know I'm still not a great guitar player um, but I play every day but um, definitely not a real guitar player uh, but when I really got interested was of course in my uh, junior high band program and so I just started there and that's when I was the organization of everything that got me really uh, involved in music you know after that 
then uh, I was, I guess, uh, blessed to be talented in some regard and uh, ended up going to school and getting a degree and in music and had a career um, as a music educator. And then uh, and I played all throughout my career also. So kind of a dual thing going on. That's pretty much the story in a nutshell. So what is it about this era of Basie and Kansas City that's made you, after all these years, recreate it with your own incarnation? You know, some music attracts people. Some people love country music. Some people like klezmer music. Some people like symphonic music. You know, for me, uh, I, I, I love rock music, and I love jazz, and I love a lot of stuff. But the kind of jazz that really made my heart beat was the four-beat early swing. Ding, 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 that sort of thing. I always loved it, and uh, after I retired from teaching, I uh, decided I took a year, uh, actually, to uh, write arrangements uh, for this band, because you can't go out and go, you can't just go purchase most of the music that we play. The, the arrangements have to be created, so that's what I did for a year, and uh, it was just the, that kind of music, Just uh, I, I just loved it right off, for a long time, right off the bat, and so... I knew what I wanted to do after I retired from teaching, and so that's how the band got put together. So it's been around since 2013? Yeah. And how did everything officially come together? How long was it kind of in the making for everybody to get together? Well, I think, uh, in fact, on our website, there's uh, there's a gallery on our website, and there's uh, dozens of pictures, but the very first picture at the very bottom of the gallery is our first meeting, uh, I think it was in uh, maybe September or October of 2012, I called all of these great musicians together. I said, we're meeting at Arthur Bryant's Barbecue uh, on 18th Street in Brooklyn, and I said, I'm going to buy you all dinner. And I so I brought them all in, and I had the stand fronts already made. It said Kansas City's Vine Street Rumble, and it was just a kind of a cool first meeting, and they were excited about the project, and, uh, of course, I was excited about it. And then after that, it took a few months to actually get a gig and get our act together and stuff. But that's when we first started getting serious about it. One of the cool things about Vine Street Rumble is, that, of course, they're all great players, right? but uh, they're interested in the history of Kansas City as well. So there's a lot of ownership, uh, not only among the band members, but among the audience members. Because everybody knows that Kansas City is famous for jazz, but uh, a lot of people, and especially the audience, they don't know why we're famous. Kansas City is famous for jazz, and so kind of our mission is to promote the legacy of Kansas City jazz and uh, why we're famous around the world. You know, I remember seeing you guys a few years ago at Californos, and that LA band came in, and you guys were kind of doing that battle of the bands, and. I really think about what you were just saying about the audience members having pride in that Kansas City history because when you guys were up there, you have these guys from L.A. that revere this Kansas City sound, but you guys are here. This is you. You guys have been doing this as well. So these cats from L.A. come in, and they're in Kansas City, and you all are going back and forth. Do you remember that being a pretty special event? <laughs> yeah, that was a blast. It was the uh, L.A. Swing Barons. Yeah, which uh, their, their leader, Adam Lee, is a, a great kid and really smart and talented. And he put together a band in Los Angeles 
using some of the same charts that we use, but I also gave him some charts to help him get started. The ones that only his band have and my band has because I'm the one that did the charts. So I kind of helped them get organized, uh, at least in that way. And then they took off on their own, of course. But it was a lot of fun to uh, to recreate that Battle of the Bands thing where their band would play, my band would play, and we'd just duke it out like the old days. It was great. Yeah. So what it, what's it like to have such a large group of not only talented people, but just a big ensemble? Is it a challenge? Is it is it easy? What's it like? Well, I... <laughs> Boy, is that a loaded question because, <laughs> you know, I have so many uh, great musicians here in Kansas City. First of all, there's tons of great musicians, and I have uh, everyone in my band is just all amazing uh, musicians. And so, but when, by nature, jazz musicians are narcissistic, and they're, they're, they just got to take care of themselves, and it's always been that way. Because they don't have health care, they don't have this. They all they have to, all they know is they got to make money that week to pay the next week's bills. And so uh, it's always been a challenge to try to put any big band together. Uh, because if you're just organizing a jazz quartet, it's bad enough trying to get people organized. Uh, but trying to do it with thirteen or fourteen or fifteen people is uh, is always a challenge. You know, one one guy won't respond to texts. But you can, but if you call him, he'll answer the phone. And the other guy won't respond to email, but he'll only respond to a text. And it just goes on like that forever. And uh, so it's just a challenge. But it's a lot of fun, and that's the nature of the beast. You know, I, I knew it before I started it. So. so if you go back from that first gig that you guys did together to today, how, how much have you all grown? How much more cohesive and tighter are you all as a group? You know, I think the... Um, the performance, our very first gig was in the ballroom at California's in 2013 in March. And, you know, I'll be honest with you, the guys played great that night. But as, as with any band, uh, after you do something, uh, you know, 20 or 200 times, then that's that tightness that you, that every band strives to achieve where, where, the band knows that something's going to happen before it happens. Or if somebody uh, does something good or something, somebody does something bad, the whole band knows about it. And it's because they know their music well enough that they can pay attention to other things. And that's the beauty of uh, repetition and, and tightness in music. So I think we're a little bit closer to that now than we've ever been. And uh, I'm thankful for that. But, uh, but the guys uh, are, are really great. And I, I uh, couldn't do it without them. So if you all got together and you guys had to, like, vote on who you guys would go see, if you guys could all get into a big, huge time machine bus and go back to 18 and Vine back in the day, who would you guys want to see live perform? You know, I, I don't know what the guys would say, but there's really no question I would put myself in the Reno Club on 12th Street with Count Basie's band. Um, this is after band leader Benny Moten had died in 1935. Some of those guys that were left over from Benny Moten's band were hired by Count Basie, who was in this dive bar called the Reno, but it was uh, a popular dive bar, and he put these people together, and all, then all of a sudden, then there's this experimental radio station that comes in, and they're pumping this 
uh, Reno Club performances by Count Basie out over this massive area. And so he, he, that's how, you know, people out of town finally heard Kansas City jazz. You know, they, they, everybody to this day thinks Kansas City's flyover country. But so then wondering, what the heck, where is this jazz coming from? Uh, the, what's the Reno Club and what's going on in Kansas City? Because it really, we didn't have the internet back then, that sort of thing. So it was really regional. It was compartmentalized. And so uh, this, uh, the radio station pumps out this early Count Basie stuff going on. And Lester Young is just going crazy, rocking over there on the tenor saxophone. Walter Page is playing bass like nobody's played bass. That whole thing. And so if, you, if I had a choice, I'd, I'd head back down to the Reno Club at Dive Ass Bar on 12th Street. Yeah, that's awesome. So why do you love jazz? You know, I don't know. I love all kinds of music. Honestly, I really do. I, when I was growing up, I was uh, listening to symphonic recordings. Uh, I, I used to compare with my friends uh, the, the Cleveland Orchestra's version of the Rite of Spring versus uh, the New York Philharmonic. So, I used, you know, I, I love all kinds of music. I wasn't introduced to jazz as a kid. Uh, mostly just pop music and folk music and Beach Boys and Peter, Paul, and Mary and whatnot. So it wasn't until I was a little bit older in high school that, that I really knew anything about it. So it was just uh, uh, just another style of music that I really enjoyed. And, you know, I might have been uh, another kind of musician if I, if things stacked up a different way. But I had opportunities to, to play some jazz when I was in high school and then into college and that kind of you know, rolled down from there. So I, I, I didn't choose it as a kid. Circumstances ended up that I ended up being a jazz player. That's pretty much how that happened. I, you know, I might have been, uh, you know, who knows what, uh, some other kind of musician, but this is kind of the way the cookie crumbled. Absolutely. So, you know, there's a lot of really great outfits and institutions that play here in Kansas City that have played for quite some time. And Vine Street Rumble was one of them. So if you right now could tell anybody out there that potentially wants to go see live jazz in Kansas City and tell them why they should go see, why they should experience you all live, what would you say? Oh, I don't know. I think that uh, when you think about the jazz scene in Kansas City, so underrated uh, everywhere else, like I was talking about, you know, the flyover country. I mean, I don't think anybody on the coast thinks there's much going on in the middle of the country. But if you get into it, uh, not only are there great uh, older jazz musicians, or seasoned, you should say, um, there's some of these kids coming out of college that are creating some of the most exciting, new, contemporary jazz. And you can hear all the standards and everything else uh, here in Kansas City on any given night of the week. But I I really am excited about uh, In fact... I wanted to, I was thinking just the other day, I, I really would like to have a series of jazz in some club where, where we pit older uh, musicians with younger ones and just let them create and have fun. I don't even know what that series would be called, but uh, I think it would be uh, fantastic to get, you know, some of the guys that have been around forever with some of the younger people and just see what happens. But there's, uh, there's, something great going on in, uh, in all parts of the city all every night. So I'm excited about that. And, and, uh, you know, Vine street rumble wise, I think, you know, there's no band like us. So, uh, 
if you really want to know what Kansas City was all about, this is pretty much what we're talking about. And the, the best thing about it, I think, is the accessibility to the general public. Uh, you don't have to be a jazz lover so much uh, as, as just the lover of a beat of music or pop music of its day. And that's what it certainly was back then. And so I think, you know, combine that with the history of Kansas City with the uh, Kansas City jazz history with uh, the pop music of its day. And that's, that's what Vine Street Rumble is all about. Hey, man, it's great. Everybody should get out and catch you guys live. Kent, thank you for what you do for music here in Kansas City. Thanks for taking some time out. I really appreciate it. That's been my pleasure. Thanks for listening and tuning in to another Neon Jazz interview, where we give you a bit of insight into the finest cats in New York, Kansas City, and spots all over the world, giving fans all that jazz. And thanks to Kent for his time, music, and all of the energy he puts into the Kansas City scene. If you want to hear more interviews, go to Famous Interviews with Joe Dabino on the iTunes Store. Visit Neon Jazz at YouTube.com. And for everything Neon Jazz all the time, go to the neonjazz.blogspot.com. Until next time, enjoy the jazz, my friends. Neon Jazz.